Welcome to Terrific Tips for Business, where we help you catch the ideas that stick. The point of the podcast is to help you overcome hurdles so you can master your business. I'm your host, Terry Watkins, owner and chief idea catcher at SpinFrogs Consulting, where I work with small business owners to find the pitfalls in their marketing and lift them to success. Let's get to the show. Welcome to another Terrific Tips. Why terrific? Because you can't spell terrific without Terry, and I'm your host. I'm so glad to have you all here with us today. I am excited to introduce you to a new friend who I met through matchmaker.fm. I've had a couple of really amazing guests through matchmaker.fm, and that is a podcasting platform where they match people and podcasts so we can always have amazing conversations. And today I get to introduce you to Miss Connie Vanderzanden, and she is on a mission to help entrepreneurs live lifestyles that they desire and deserve by learning some simple steps, some structure and discipline to not only help you to create money, but also to help you save money. I don't know about you, but Most entrepreneurs get into business because they want to earn a little bit more and help a lot of people. And so Connie has got the secret to how we earn some more. With over 34 years of accounting and bookkeeping experiences and a variety of industry knowledge, Connie and her own real life business growth journey since 2001 has really helped to go above and beyond by developing the going beyond revenue cash handling system. That sounds like magic to me. And now you know why she's on the show. And she focuses in this system on helping to create cash flow planning that creates profitable and sustainable businesses. And I know we all want that. So please join me in welcoming Miss Connie to the show. Hi there. Hey, hi. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. And it's the best bio anyone's ever read. Well, I'm glad I could add a little spice of life to it. Yes. That's what it's all about, for sure. Awesome. So what's got you so fascinated with money? Well, it, um, numbers have always been easy for me. So it, that's how I got into the accounting industry. But it was when I went to grow my business, when I decided to go from solopreneur, home-based business, uh, struggling. I had the worst world's worst boss. I worked all the time. And for some reason, after six years, I decided to grow and expand. And I had a bigger dream and vision thanks to a life coach I had. And that's where money came into play. Um, I didn't create a plan. I didn't have a budget. I just dove right in like all business owners do when they first start up. And I got in six years later, turned around and had a lot, 50,000 in debt, hadn't paid myself. And so money became really important. (laughs) And then I spent time re-examining how a numbers person could be so misguided on how they were using money Hmm. and learned a new system, created a system that worked. I broke the system, relearned the system and designed it again. And um, it's super important to recreate the relationship we have with money because what we learned as kids from our parents who may have been employees that live paycheck to paycheck, when we bring that energy into our business, it's no wonder we are in constant hustle mode 
and that doesn't create a sustainable model. Mm. And so it's super important to relook at how to use numbers, how to look at them in a different fashion, or um, how to even just add a little color to what we're looking at, and then be very intentional about how we use money in our business. That's fascinating. I love that you had mentioned that the hustle does not create sustainability. Hustle is this glamorous thing all of a sudden that it's glamorous and exciting and what it means to be an entrepreneur, but I don't think it has to. And I think that's kind of misleading to the small business world or to people thinking about getting into business ownership is that you have to work all of these crazy hours and then you might have two pennies to rub together. Yeah. So in that journey of yours, um, how did you come up with this new system? Like what, what was it? What was the trigger for you to break the system and, and create a new one? Well, the trigger actually was uh, the book by Mike Michalowicz, uh, Profit First. That was the trigger. My coach at the time introduced me to the book and I was Mike has a really great way of writing and um, it came at the right moment of time. Like I was at the bottom of looking back up at what I had created and I was wondering, how do I get out of this? I had so much debt and shame and guilt about what I had created. I had couldn't figure out if I could close the business. Could I just walk away? And that was didn't seem possible. And what, what could I do? And so I implemented that at first and it instantly made a, a quick change. And so I became a profit first professional and divided, he said at the time, Mike said, make the system your own. And so while his system is the backbone of mine, um, it didn't go quite far enough. It's, it's okay for people who are very number focused and easy to implement those types of things and like just can do it by task, more of that more masculine energy of this is the process, just do it. But most entrepreneurs I work with want special, that something's happening in their world that needs special handling. They, everyone is unique. Everyone has a different money story. Everyone comes from a different angle that every, it just, they need somebody to handhold a little bit more to talk about what their big dreams are, what their big vision is, and, and then mold the system to work for that particular purpose. And so um, I bring in a little bit more feminine energy and talking about their, their money types and really understanding who you are so that you can figure out how to really use money intentionally for your big vision. Ooh, so you really bring some magic into the money relationships. <laughs> Yeah. What's one of the biggest challenges that you had with your money and like recognizing where you were, you had this $50,000 in debt. What did you discover about your relationship with money that got you there so that you could start creating a new pattern or a new relationship? Yeah. Well, the first thing was, is I had to, had to like admit that I'm a spender and a lot of entrepreneurs are. And, um, I was not created. That's why I didn't have a plan. And I wasn't creating that saving. Usually spender and savers are on opposite ends, but so I really loved using money to make a difference. And, and, and that was my love language. Money is my love language and still to this day. So I had to learn how to curb my spender a little bit <laughs> to the point, like at some point I had to like freeze my credit cards. 
so I wouldn't tech, use them, uh, create a 24 hour delay on purchases. Mm -hmm. um, and then the intentional cash handling system I created now gives me fun money in there. So I don't feel deprived. You know, there are some cash handling systems that where it's like eat your rice and beans and then you can live for tomorrow. Well, that works okay for the first three months for a spender. And then our inner three-year-old comes out and throws a, a big fit and we go back to the same style we were doing. So you need to be able to fit every, your, what your personal personality is into how you're handling money. So that could be having a little mad money on the side or at least a little spending cash in your pocket so you don't feel so deprived. That's so important. And I feel like you know, we've all had our own situations with money. And if you talk to anybody who's made it and they're successful and they're wildly rich, they always tell you the story of how they were homeless at one point or lived on ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly. And I think a lot of us as humans that have gone the entrepreneurial path have experienced some kind of financial hardship at some point or another. And not only like recognizing that, you're not alone in that journey, regardless of where you are in that journey, but also saying, yeah, I got here because I was trying to not spend any money. And it's just like the fat person and I'm, fat, I, I'm overweight. I admit it. If, if I tell myself, no, you cannot have chocolate. We what do you want? You want more than anything. All of the chocolate, give me all of it. Okay. Yeah. In the three-year-old, you're right. It throws a tantrum inside. Yeah, it's the same with money. So when you're in debt, all you're focusing on is the debt and getting out of debt. And how can you how can you create more money to get out? You know, so that's what we focus on. That's what we, we create more of. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's small. It's a small shift to like it's not about at, at the beginning. It was like oh, abundance, drop me money just on my doorstep right now. It's not, it's a little of that, that faith piece, but we have to take action. And so part of it is looking at and knowing your numbers and looking at them in a different way, like in a more of abundant way, knowing that it's going to come in that you as the entrepreneur usually are magically manifestors. If you put your mind to it, you will create what you want, but you gotta, you gotta use the numbers to tell you and your business, what do you want? Most of the time we don't know. We just are pulling these numbers out of the air and guessing. Mm -hmm. And so that's why, why we can't focus on things. That's why we usually focus on the debt we have or the small things of the, the lackness of what's going on. Or we're not paying attention to it at all out yeah. of fear, right? There's this fear of if I look at it, I'm going to scare it away. So I'm <laughs> going to not look at it. And then it doesn't exist and I can keep doing what I'm doing, right? There's this like, what is that? Where, where does that come from? Is that all driven by our relationship too with money? Yeah. 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 Fear, is an, fear is an interesting animal, isn't it? It's, it's really, it's not true. So it's, it's our ego trying to keep us safe, right? It's like, all right, if we have a little fear in you, you're not going to grow too far. You're not going to get too big for your britches, which is, you can look at that as our money story is like, perhaps we're trying to grow outside where our family wealth was, or perhaps we're trying to grow uh, in a different way than our parents were with money. 
Um, and so it does take a little bit of looking at where did our stories come from? Where did our values come from? What did our parents teach us? And so there is a little, that's why entrepreneurs don't often do this. It's because, oh, they have to pause. <laughs> we have to pause and really do some <laughs> self-exploration. <laughs> What is <laughs> but when we can, we get a better understanding because yeah, everything we learned about money uh, came to us before we were the age of seven. So that seven-year-old is the person that's running your money in your business right now. And so if you keep running up against roadblocks, like I would, there are many times like I would pay a credit card off and then be so relieved. And then a couple of years later, it would be back up to the same balance. So those are, those are patterns that we learn from kids. And so if you don't want that pattern anymore, what would you like, how would you like to change that? You have to look back and explore where those patterns are coming from. So is there a tip you can give us for how they can, how we can begin to break some of those patterns? We've gone through the work. We've found that this pattern exists. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to see it manifest and show up in that repeated debt cycle, maybe. Mm -hmm. How, how do we start to break that pattern? How do we start to shift that relationship? Uh, the, first, the first step is a very uh, structural masculine way, but all of our changes need to have us look at our numbers and get them in a format so we know what's coming in, what's going out and be really honest with ourselves about it. So shining a light at the numbers and like bringing them out and out of the darkness and onto a piece of paper. Cause they, they're really, the numbers are the truth. That's not bad or good or what we're spending but we gotta know where we're starting. So that would be the first point. And it doesn't have to be an accounting software. It can be a spreadsheet, it can be a piece of paper. You do it, whatever your comfort level is but we have to start somewhere. And then the next tip would, would be is like, if you really want to change how your debt is being created, you got to change how you intentionally use money. So a simple cash handling tip is um, open a savings account. And then for every dollar that comes in, acknowledge it and, and like really celebrate it. But before you spend it, I want you to put 1% of that money into the savings account. And then you can spend the rest, but I want you to start building the savings account for the next 90 days, just so you can prove to yourself that you can spend, you can have an intentional use and you can make a change on how you use money. And that's a quick action step that you can do on that is like savings account, every dollar that comes in, at least 1% goes into the savings account. And then so that you start changing the habit around how you look at money. Because eventually what I'd like you to do is like, make sure you pay yourself first, you know, put some in, pro in their savings account, save for taxes, and then spend whatever's left. So then we have a smaller bucket to spend, but yeah. that's not one tip. <laughs> <laughs> that's a process. That's a that's whole a process. Nother, that's a whole nother ball of wax. And that's what our people need to call and hire you for. So they yes. can access yeah. that software yeah. so that they can also take advantage of those, that process. Yeah. Uh, that's a great tip though. The, the 1%, because if we think about it, 1% of a dollar is a penny guys, a penny. So yeah. save a penny for every dollar you make. If you've made $10, you're saving 10 pennies. If you've made a hundred dollars, you're saving a dollar, right? Am I adding this up? Right. Yes. So, 
I'm not the math person. I'm the marketing person. <laughs> You're the math person. So, but it's, it's way easier to save 1% of what you're making. And I love that you also said, acknowledge it, be excited for it, give thanks for it. Yeah. Because we might not be where we want to be yet, but every dollar earned is a step closer to where we want to be. Yeah. And so acknowledging that it's helped you get that next step closer and giving thanks for it to showing up in your account get, attracts more. Yeah. And that's the secret. That's, that's the, really the secret is money. Actually money, money is an energy, right? We, in the old days, we used to use chickens or cows to exchange goods, right? We, we would buy this, we would use, we would exchange actual things we would eat. Um, money is actually just an energy being exchanged. And the truth is that money loves a party. And so it wants to be welcomed. It wants you to hold on to it. It wants you to celebrate it. So ring a bell, do a dance, whatever, just, just acknowledge it. And so, so often we're living paycheck to paycheck that money is spent before it even comes in. And so it's like, oh, you don't want me. You, you don't want me to stick around because it's already gone. And so creating that pause in the system to really acknowledge it and celebrate because it's part of just how we're going through the world and it's, an, it's, it's necessary to create the change we want. So put a little love into it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's such a brilliant way to look at it. And you don't often hear people in the, the numbers world. No relate money in numbers in such a creative and loving way. That's really unique. Yeah. So how did you kind of fall into this way of looking at money, this creative process? Because it seems like something really unique to you. I've never heard this stuff before. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's interesting because I, numbers have always been easy for me. So um, as part of, I think part of it was me getting to understand what was underneath my thought process. I used a lot of tools like disc and, um, Enneagram and, but the best one was probably human design and human design is this horoscope way of looking at it. And the, what came out of it is that I'm a projector, which means I'm, I hold space for people, um, and make sure it's a safe space for them to do things. And my, my purpose here is to make numbers easy for people. Not that numbers have to be easy for me. And I think that's the other piece is that while bookkeeping, the, the book knowledge of accounting is one thing, the actual working in the numbers is a different thing. And I can do that for you all day. I can't do it for myself mm. all day. I don't really love being in it. And so by uncovering what was underneath my story and what was happening with my beliefs, I realized I was using chocolate <laughs> and carbs to calm myself enough to sit down and do the numbers. And so I was covering what really wanted to show up. And when I took those things away, what came out was like this energetic looking at, looking at money. And so, um, it's, I'm supposed to make numbers easy. And by doing that, you have to add a little color. You have to add a little spice to it. And you have to just look at it in a different fashion and talk about it differently than just, these are the numbers. This is the black and white of it. Because there was a part in my career where all I wore was black and white. 
people, oh. my book, <laughs> my employer gave me a book about color. <laughs> Just, just so I would know that there was more than black and white out there. <laughs> but yeah, so it, I think it was just uncovering what was really always there, but I had been um, fitting into the norm of the accounting industry. And um, there are a few of us out there. There's more and more of us out there that talk like this, but uh, it's, you just have to look a little bit closer to find us. It's really interesting adding the, the spice of life into something that's normally perceived as very dry, very, mm -hmm. it's very black and white. It is. Like it's, yeah. Well, I guess it's not. It's green and red, right? Yeah. <laughs> green is positive. The red is not. So yeah. Um, yeah, really interesting. So in all of your time working in, in the books and playing with the numbers and discovering this process, kind of what's been your favorite part of the experience? Well, 19 years ago, I, I went, I left the accounting business I was at and, um, started my own practice and the initial reason why was going out and meeting with clients. So that is my, that is what I'd love to do. That's what I've come back around to do is that one-on-one -on -one conversation with other business owners to hold the space for them and be their cheerleader and see these amazing entrepreneurs make big changes in the world. I work with some amazing uh, women that are doing uh, things in social justice and in their own industries. And uh, it's, it's a pleasure for me just to watch them use their money in a way that I know is making lasting change, not only for them, the, getting them paid and taking care of themselves is our first uh, objective always, but it's what they're doing with their business. Um, so that's what really makes my day shine and that I really love to do. The numbers are just part of it, <laughs> but it's that one-on-one -on -one conversation. So you've mentioned the pay yourself first idea a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. We've heard this. It's, it's mm -hmm. part of our society, the pay yourself first, but what the heck does that mean? Well, normally business owners will, uh, money will come in, they'll pay everybody else first. All their, their team members, their, all their vendors, everything gets paid first and they get left what's, whatever's left in the account they can have. Or the businesses are pulling money so fast out of the account, they don't really realize that they're getting paid. And so paying yourself first is like intentionally pausing and like saying, no, the business entity, I, um, the business entity is usually different than you yourself. The business is going to support my lifestyle and what, because uh, I need to be a resourced, well-rested, well-fed, well-whatever per individual so that I can lead this, this business uh, into what it wants to do. So it's essential that I pay myself and my household and my family so that we can live. And so pausing the, the whole system and making sure that you get paid first, and that could be when you're first starting you might have to be paid every week. It might be a little bit each, each week and it can change. Um, but make sure that the business prioritize you first and then taxes, because you're going to be a profitable business, you'll owe tax. 
save some money and then pay your pay your vendors. And that way it's just it's just a different way of looking at how we use money and that it's not always all going back into the business into reinvesting into it. And that's so important because how many of us have met the business owner that says, I'm a nonprofit, not by choice, right? Yeah. I work for free. You know, how many of us have worked for free? There's, I mean, so many, I know so many people who have worked or are currently working and they use that line that they are nonprofit, not by choice, or that they're working for free. And it's, that, that always breaks my heart a little bit because then it reminds me of my ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly sandwich days, you know, <laughs> but at the same time, it also is one of those, but if you don't know how to pay yourself first, mm-hmm. because here's the thing that we have to deal with too, right? From a psychological standpoint, we have to deal with the rub of, if I pay myself first, am I being selfish? Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't pay yourself, if you are working for free at some point in your business, you are going to be so burnt out and be so resentful of the business that usually that's why it fails is that. So if you have a really big dream and a really big vision for what you want, what change you want to create in the world, you have to be resourced. And again, everything starts with looking at the numbers first and intentionally choosing to pay yourself so that you can be resourced enough to carry on that big dream is essential. So what, what would you really like for your business? Cause otherwise you're, you could just go back and be an employee and yeah, go pay, paycheck to paycheck. Serious knowledge there, right? Let me say that again. She just said that if you want that dream to happen, the number one reason businesses fail is because we get burnt out and don't pay ourselves first. Yep. Boom, mic drop. Seriously, we need to pay attention to that because that's that's true. That's no doubt why, because we get so burnt out, we forget to do the things that need to get done that are going to produce the revenue for us. We are too busy running circles around ourselves, trying to make things happen. And before you know it, you've been running circles around yourself and you left all the money on the table. Mm -hmm. You forgot to go back and pick it up. (laughs) But your competitor down the street, right behind you, came along right behind you and picked it all up. So slow down. Pay yourself first. Don't leave that money on the table because you're missing opportunity every time you do that, not just for generating revenue, but for having the impact. I mean, there's a lot of ways that we can earn a lot of money. You can go be an employee somewhere and work up the food chain and you can make a lot of money being an employee somewhere. You don't have to own a business to make a lot of money. And if that's the reason you're in business, there are way better ways to do it, way better ways. But at the end of the day, if you're in business to have an impact, which I think a lot of business owners are, they're in business because they want to change the way something is being done in specific industries, right? Or right. or they're like me, Taurus, stubborn. I don't want to answer to somebody else. I just want to make my own rules. <laughs> That's why I do marketing. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's all because we want to help. We want to have an impact. We want to have an influence. We want to help other people be successful, but we can't help other people if we're burnt out. Right. Yeah. Right. We can't, um, a client, um, I, a lot of times I, I hear from businesses I work with this, I'm tired of being the lowest paid employee of my team. And so, yeah, if you're, it's granted, it's not about pro 
profit over people. That's not, that's not what I'm saying at all, but you are an essential part of how your business gets out there. And if you ever want to replace yourself or um, leverage your time out, the business has to know how much it needs to pay you. It needs to know that there's a salary actually that, that needs to happen. Cause that's what happened with my business is I, I grew the business and I forgot to include myself in the payroll. I, I, I paid for the new bookkeeper that came on board. I paid for all the expenses and stuff, but there was nothing left for me in the mix. And I didn't, I wasn't paying attention and I was in that hustle phase. And so you have to make sure you're being taken care. That's what the business is for. It's it's a purpose is for people to bring money uh, and it gives it to the business and it flows to you and to, for you to take care of whatever you're creating on the infrastructure. Mm. That's such a good point that that's the purpose of it. And, and you yeah. talked about it earlier too, that money is a transfer of energy and you're yes. absolutely right. I was reading the book, um, the Science of Getting Rich by um, William Waddles. Yes. And he talks about in the book, in the Science of Getting Rich, about it's, it is a tool. I think it was like chapter four or five, somewhere in there, talking about money being a tool. And we've all heard the phrase, money changes people. And when I had read that chapter, the thought that came to mind is, does it though? Does money really change people? It enhances whatever's already there. Yeah. It, it, so if you are a, a giving person um, and your community first, and you have a, a this this big vision of change that's going to be impactful, more money is just going to give you the ability to make more impact. So I have a client that's um, creating a lot of social justice causes, and so more grants or donations or money that she can bring into her business or her, her for these programs makes a bigger impact on what's going on but she has to be paid as well we have to make sure that she, all of her needs are covered because again if she's not resourced she can't show up for the bigger vision so yeah i, I think it's it, it just enhances what's already there so people that turn out um to put profit over people, the business owners that do that uh, are naturally just loves what money does for themselves. They're not thinking of what it's doing for everybody else. Well, and those are the ones that we read about in the paper, right? That end up either in jail for embezzlement or they end up in a car accident or they end up going belly up and losing billions of dollars in some ridiculous lawsuit or you know those are the stories that you hear about of in the business owners that are doing that are probably the ones who made the money first and they weren't focused on the impact yeah. that they were trying to create they were just focused on more money and we see the yeah. people who are are you know if we look at the richest people in the world you know, the oprah winfrey's and the um Bill Gates, you know, these are some of the richest people in the world. And you look at how they not only made their money, but how they spend their money. And they're very charitable, incredibly charitable people. They give a ton of money away and a ton of their time away in different things. Tony Robbins does too, gives a ton of money away in different activities that he does from a charitable standpoint, but is also very wealthy. Well, yeah, I mean, 
but his intention was always pure of helping as many people as he can. So yeah. if you want to be somebody who's going to attract money, since money loves a party, I like a party. You can come <laughs> have a party in my bank account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's, I think the key thing though is your wealth can be whatever level you want. I think uh, a lot of people are uh, shy away from this conversation because they don't want or need much. And so they don't think they're part of the conversation, but it doesn't really matter. I don't care if you're five figures, six figures, seven figures or more. It's, it's what you intentionally want to do with money. And as long as you make yourself part of that decision-making that, that you're honest with what you want to create, what you need for your lifestyle, what you need for your family first, and then what kind of business you want to create. And it, it I, you know, if your business is very community supportive, most of it could go back into the community, but you got to be intentionally about how you're going to go about that. Is it a certain percentage or, or what that big amount is, um, uh, what donations or organizations you want to support? I think we can do social justice and have profitable, sustainable businesses at the same time. Uh, it's just a matter of intentionally choosing to do that with our money first. So do you have a formula that you follow in your business to help you make the determination of how much goes to a charity and versus how much goes to the business and how much goes to you? Well, the profit account is something, uh, that savings account that I talked about putting 1% in, um, that's a great way of using that account. Some of my clients use it to um, do profit sharing with their team and really support that level because they have a, a larger community-based team or they can use it as making a donation quarterly or annually to an organization of whatever choice they wanna make. Um, people do often make, and so that's coming off of gross dollars. So for every dollar that comes out, you're making a donation rather than waiting to see what your net dollar amount is and then making that donation. And that is putting organizations and culture and social justice first mm -hmm. rather than profits first or yeah. Yeah. putting that cause first before that. So um, it just depends on what people want to do with, with that money. Um, some of my clients have also um, get gotten really intentional and then they'll split that profit account. So maybe half of their profit goes to this account for their team and half of it goes to this fund account that they can do. Um, so it's, again, every business is unique. When I first started my business, 98% of what was coming in was already spent. So I had to make these changes really, really slowly mm. over the course of several years before I could actually start making an impact with, with the money that was coming in and change my habits and change what I had already done. So it's not going to be instantaneous. It's not going to start tomorrow, but you can start making, you know, a $5 donation by the end of the year. You'll, you'll, It'll, it'll be a small change, but it'll be a change from what you're doing currently. And I think it's really important. I talk a lot about this in my one-on-one -on -one, um, sessions with my clients or when I'm on other people's stages. I don't know that I've shared it on this platform, actually. It's just really kind of funny. Um, but I talk a lot about marketing to the heart line and finding nonprofit organizations that align with your mission, vision, and values within your organization and teaming up with them, leveraging them to gain exposure into a new audience, their audience, 
and also supporting them by donating to them, either volunteering hours or time or being a donation center or being a funder for them and their programs. So making sure you know those organizations and that they are doing what they say they're going to do with the money, I think is really important because there's a lot of nonprofits. I mean, just in Forsyth County alone, there's over 700 nonprofits here. Wow. There's a ton, a metric ton of nonprofit organizations, registered 501C whatever's, uh-huh. right? And there's all sorts of different classifications of nonprofit. So you have to know what they're doing with the money because I think that transparency makes a difference in terms of how you feel about what you're cutting that check for right. yep. or what you're putting that money towards or that time towards. So I think that's yeah. really important too. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it, you can have different organizations for every quarter. I think it's different. I see a lot of businesses that support like the schools and things, which are great, but that's more advertising and marketing of getting your name out there of, but, um, really choose an organization that you want big, make big impact for, because with your volunteering of time and money, you can make a big change in your community. Absolutely. Um, So for those that want to know, Spin Frogs nonprofit, we've selected two. Um, I, when I was a little girl, used to adopt manatees. They are the gentle giants of the ocean. And I became a teenager and kind of forgot about it, honestly. Um, And I was in a meditation earlier this year and the ocean kept coming up. The ocean, the ocean, the ocean. And I love the ocean. I don't live near the ocean presently, but I love the ocean. And Then I was reminded that I did this. I always used to adopt these manatees. And I was like, well, why don't I get back to my roots then and like sponsor the cleaning up and preservation of of the ocean? So the Ocean Conservation Nonprofit and the company 4Ocean, which this bracelet is 4Ocean. It's got the 4O on it. I actually uh, donate on a monthly basis to the 4Ocean Foundation, $35 a month. And it cleans up two pounds of trash out of the ocean every single month. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, shoot, like $35. That's like one night out to eat by myself. And we're not eating out right now because COVID. So (laughs) why don't get money for something better? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be big change. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the organizations just need, you know, like that $25, $40 a month, just so that they can make, you know, cover their costs, especially right now, because fundraising um, is different. In a COVID period of time, fundraising for organizations has changed rather than these big events. And so, yeah, really think if you have the extra resources and you feel like you're, you're being taken care of, maybe give something back. And um, it could even be like if you collect pop cans or um, coins and make that a process as well. Yep, yeah, and so what I do is once a month I get these little bracelets and I donate the bracelets to either like one of the children's homes or Salvation Army or something like that so that they can gift them during the holidays. So that's always, that's like my intention of like donate here, donate there and I get to donate to two or three places with the same $35 and it gets to really go around and, and win and 
make an impact. So finding the ones that you can have the most impact with is, is key because that's going to make you excited to keep doing it. Yes. Yes. Because if you're not excited to do it, you're not going to keep doing it. No, it's, I, I think that's true of whatever we do with money, right? We exercise any, anything we want to make change in, in our life and in the world, it has to be joyful. There has to be some fun part of it. Uh, and really to tap into that. Absolutely. Connie, this has been delightful. I do have one more question for you before I ask it though, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Because I know our listening audience wants access to that really cool software that you have developed. Sure. Well, it's moneyactiontips.com is a place you can go. There's a free report that talks about, you know, the first three steps of the cash handling system. And there's a place to get on our easing or my big thing is that I want listeners to have whatever structural or questions answered so that they can make their next step. I want them to have confidence in what they're going to do. And so there's a, a link to make a 30 minute call, a free call with me. Just so you, if you had any questions from this conversation that you get them answered and, uh, make your first action step. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that opportunity. Listeners, make sure you go check out that website. It's going to be in the description of this show. And I'll also have it scrolling down at the bottom for those of you that are watching this. So be looking for that and and make sure you visit that website so that you can get your free three first steps to identifying the money, what's happening with it so that you can know how to make some changes because we have to identify the pattern first, like we talked about earlier. So thank you so much, Connie. Thank you. All right. Last question for you. If there was one thing you wish you knew when you were first getting started, what would it be? Oh, I think it, it goes back to hustle. It doesn't have to be that hard. It does not... It does not have to be hard to be in business. So how can you find more joy in the day? Nice. That's the big key is if it's not, if it's not joyful, why, why, <laughs> why, why are we doing it? <laughs> yes. If you don't love what you're doing, stop doing no. it immediately and find yes. something else to do. Yes. yes. I agree yeah. completely. Connie, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for the excellent conversation, the great tips. I can't believe we're we're at time. So <laughs> listeners, <laughs> thank you for listening. And until next time, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed the show, help us share it by leaving us a review. Also, make sure to follow us at SpinFrogs. That's S-P-I-N. F-R-O-G-S at Facebook and Instagram to be notified about our future episodes.